So I was like totally bugging. You're like really pretty. What, like it's hard? Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another exciting episode. I hope you all had a wonderful week, a wonderful weekend. Today, we're going to be talking about social media and the unrealistic expectations or like portrayals that go on. But before we dive into all that, I kind of want to just give y'all a little recap of my week and my weekend, how everything went. Um, I really didn't post a lot this past week or weekend on social media, but I feel like you guys, like the people listening to this, are the ones that like actually care. So I want to update y'all. So I think the most exciting thing that I got to do this weekend was I was actually invited to the Matthew Shepard Foundation Gala. It was such a beautiful event. Like, I can't even begin to describe. And for those of you listening who don't know about Matthew Shepard, Matthew Shepard was murdered in 1998 in the same city that I went to college in, in Laramie, Wyoming. Um, It was a horrendous hate crime. He was murdered because he was gay and he was beaten and tied to a fence post and left to die. And it I mean, I was alive, right? But I never, I didn't know that it happened until I was quite a bit older. And for me, the story of Matthew Shepard has always been a cautionary tale, right? To be careful being a young queer person living in Wyoming. And while I was at this gala, it the the legacy of Matthew Shepard really is one of my reasons to do what I'm doing. One, with the work that I'm doing, with working with Wyoming Equality, but then two, also being myself authentically every single day. Because by doing that, I am letting people know that I'm here. Like us queer people, we are here. We are not going anywhere. We're your neighbors. We're your friends. You know, we're just people too. And I once read this quote. It was so, so beautiful. Let me find it real fast. Okay, the quote is, A trans woman going outside and choosing to live unapologetically, knowing the harm she can face, is a protest on its own. And that is exactly how I live my life. I'm not going to let anybody tell me what I can and can't do or who I can and can't be because I am so happy with who I am. And if you have a problem with it, seriously, fuck off. Like, I I am such, like, sorry, I don't know. I am such a nice person. I try my hardest to be a good person. And people judge me on something that is so, like, superficial. I'm like, if you're going to judge me, judge me on, like, my character or if I'm a bad person or make bad decisions, but you can't because like I, I try to just be a good person and contribute to the betterment of society. Ooh, this hasn't happened yet, but it is a decision that I made this week. 
I am actually going to be taking off my eyelash extensions for the first time in over two years. I am so nervous. I have not seen my eyes without lashes for over two years. Like, it's so weird. But any good lash tech will tell you, like, you have to take a break eventually. You, you, you know, like, your body needs a break. Your eyelashes, it, I won't say that extensions are like necessarily bad for your lashes so long as you maintain them right you keep them cleaning them you get regular fills you're not like dealing with a lot of breakage but for me my retention has been really bad lately and I usually have really really good retention so I'm kind of taking that as a a little sign that I need to take a minute away from extensions but I am going to be getting a lash lift and tint the same day that I get mine taken off, I'm just, I'm not ready to like look at my bare naked lashes. Like they have to have a little something on there before I like have a heart attack for, you know, seeing myself for the first time. And I'm so nervous. I have not curled my lashes or put on mascara or fake eyelashes in over two years. So to be honest, I really don't even know if I'm going to remember how to do all those things well, but we will see. I'll keep you all updated. And this is just a temporary thing. I am not going to be without my lashes forever. Just, I, I think maybe like by spring, I will have my eyelashes back. I just need to go a little natural for a while. I also started Tretinoin. If you don't know what Tretinoin is, it is the best retinoid that you could ever use. It is like a holy grail go of makeup products or not makeup, skincare products. Um, it really helps with acne. It helps with any kind of texture that you have. And it's amazing for anti-aging. I think I've talked about it a little bit before, but I used to be an addictive tanner. I started tanning when I was 14, and I didn't stop until the end of 2021. I always loved my tan or my skin being tan. I I always felt better. I felt prettier when I was tan, right? My abs looked better. Like everything just looked better. But around 2021 is when I really started taking my skincare seriously and like getting Botox regularly and things like that. And I remember getting Botox and my girl was like, do you tan? And I said, well, yeah. She's like, you just wasted $600 because this Botox will do nothing for you if you keep aging your skin. So that for me, I was like, one, I'm not going to waste that much money on something that's like not going to work in the long run, you know? And then also I was doing a lot of research and the number one cause of aging in your skin is UV rays. So every time I went into a tanning bed, I was aging my skin and aging my skin and damaging it. And that's like one of the main reasons why I wanted to start tretinoin. Um, I'm not saying my skin like looks horrible. Like it's not like I am aged or have wrinkles. I mean, I, I see some spots that I don't like, but for the most part, I still look like my age. But I want to catch any early signs of aging now at 26 that way by the time I'm like 36 
I still look pretty youthful, you know? Um, tretinoin is something you have to see a doctor for. You have to see a dermatologist, whatever. It's not for everyone. Um, please don't try to get, like, any, like, backdoor, like, black market tretinoin. Please don't do that. Go see a doctor. If you aren't ready to commit to tretinoin, you could do one step below that, which you don't have to see a doctor for, is adapalene. La Roche-Posay makes the best over-the-counter adapalene and that's like a good way to start transitioning into these like more concentrated and effective retinoids but yeah i'm going to keep y'all updated on that it takes at least six months to see like results because you have to really ease into it but i will keep you all updated on my this new chapter of my skincare journey and we'll see and if you think it's a good fit for you, ask me. I'll let you know how it's going. And we're going to be trying no one buddies. Okay, so to today's main topic, living your best life, but only for Instagram. We're going to kind of go through what I think of social media and what I think is really relevant to contributing to the unrealistic portrayals that we put out there on social media. So let's start just by talking about like the pros of social media. You know, it keeps us connected to our family and friends. It's great if you like are a small business and you need marketing. It's great for finding inspiration or getting education on things. But it also has quite a few cons. And some of those include, you know, we get body, body image issues from what we see on social media. We get fear of missing out. Like FOMO is huge, right? You see your friends out at this party and you're like, why wasn't I invited? Or I, wa I really want to be there. I think a good um, example of this in my personal life, I remember years ago, when I was working at American Eagle, like forever ago, I saw on Instagram a picture of these beautiful girls. It was like I was looking at the Real Housewives of Cheyenne. And I remember I asked my boss, Jenny, I was like, hey, like, do you know these girls? And she knew who every single one was, but she didn't know them personally. And I was determined. I was like, I'm going to get in this girl group because I want to be there. I want to be in that group. And it took about a year, but I did eventually get into that group, you know. Um I don't think it's wrong of me saying everybody's names, you know. It was like Emily, uh Lola, Sarah, Quita, Sarita, um who else am I missing? Uh I don't even know who I miss. Jasmine, but anyways, um we all became like a really strong girl group and I felt like oh my god, I made it. You know, like I saw these girls doing all this and that. And I was like, I made it into this group, which we'll kind of talk about later. I don't want to say that I regret getting into that situation because I love all of those girls so much, but it was all inspired by FOMO and social media that made me think like, holy shit, I'm missing out on something and I wish I could be a part of it. One of the hottest topics regarding social media is definitely like cyberbullying 
And here's the thing. I hate the term bullying because bullying is harassment. But by giving it the name bullying, I think almost like not be taken as seriously as what it really is. It almost makes it like an elementary like child thing, right? Like, oh, only kids are bullies or whatever. No, bullying is a form of harassment, whether that's physical harassment, verbal harassment, you know, it's that's what it is. And that's something that's definitely happening all the time. You see it everywhere, right? You'll see a creator and they'll have a million positive comments, but then there's like quite a few haters in there who are saying horrible things to somebody that they don't even know. And when it goes on a more personal level of, you know, like high school kids or even like us young adults, and for people to be saying negative things on social media like that, it's just not okay in any way, shape, or form. And it's easy for these people to hide behind a computer screen or a phone and say these things on social media rather than, you know, having the courage and the integrity to confront someone in person. It just like that baffles me. And I hate that about social media. When I say social media, I I think that the number one app I'm thinking of that comes to mind for me is Instagram. And maybe that's because that's the app I use the most and I'm most involved with and engaged with, you know, like, don't get me wrong. I am on TikTok most of the day and I love it, but I haven't made that many TikToks. I think I maybe have like max like 20 and that's that's for having it for like four years now, five years, whatever it is. But Instagram is, I guess, what I'm mainly focusing on. but we see these people that we follow or even just people that pop up like on our explore page, their lives look so glamorous and so perfect that it inspires us to do whatever it takes to achieve that lifestyle. But the reality of it is that their life only looks glamorous because It isn't reality. And it's not an attainable reality for the average person. I think that the root of a lot of these problems comes from influencers. And I'm not even necessarily just talking about like the big influencers, right? Like Kim Kardashian or Jeffree Star, Michaela Nagara, like not just them, because I feel like we do have influencers at more of a macro level, like people in our own cities that we know or our own states, like, call me crazy. I kind of think I'm kind of like an influencer here in Cheyenne. Um, And I have friends around who I would consider to be that way too. And don't get me wrong, I am not hating on influencers. And I think that being a big time influencer can be a very amazing and rewarding career path. Like that's actually like what I want to do out of life. If I could just fucking have the courage to like pursue it seriously. Um, But the problem comes when people use their platform and their voice to mislead people and post things for clout 
rather than an honest opinion or something that they strongly believe in or the reality of their everyday life. So let's break down what it is about influencers who have an effect on us in social media. So I think the first thing we need to do is define like what is influencer culture. And I mean, it's kind of like what I said earlier, it's people with large followings who use their different platforms to share products or services or promote goods and brands. And usually, right, these people have a huge amount of followers. Like, show, I think my favorite influencer has like 680k something like that but then i also do like a few smaller influencers who have like 14k or 10k whatever it is i mean i have (laughs) 3500 but whatever that's neither here nor there um and there's different kinds of influencers that we follow right there's like style influencers beauty influencers lifestyle influencers the gym and workout influencers and like the list goes on and on and if you're playing a drinking game to this, do not count the word influencers in that because you'll be fucking wasted. Anyways, we look to influencers for advice on things. Like for me, the the gal I watch all the time, her name's Emma Leger. If you know who that is, um, she's a Canadian influencer. She's she's great. Um, I really like her because. She has a great sense of style. Our aesthetics are very similar. We're very close in age. um, And we have very similar interests. So, like, that's why I gravitate towards her. But I also like, you know, other influencers on, like, TikTok, for example. I look to people who find basic staple pieces for a wardrobe at an affordable price. Because I'm at the point in my life where, like, I'm so done buying, like, fast fashion. And right, like Sheen or Romwe or Forever 21. Like, I'm so over that point of buying these clothing items that don't last and that you can only wear like with a few things. Do you know what I mean? So, those are kind of the influencers I gravitate to. Also, some beauty influencers. Um, I'm always following skincare trends, always following makeup trends. But it's funny, right? All we have all these different categories of influencers that we take in on a daily basis. Even if you're just scrolling through TikTok, odds are you're going to see, you know, a fashion influencer or style influencer, makeup, whatever. You are going to be absorbing that information from these different kinds of influencers daily. As we're exposed to these different kinds of influencers on a daily basis, it's not all negative and it's not all positive. Some of the benefits I think that we get from living in this culture of being exposed to people with an opinion that is taken very seriously, right? One, it inspires creativity. They they use their different outlets to inspire us to, you know, change our style or try new clothing options, step out of our comfort zone, and it inspires you in different ways, ways that you wouldn't think of yourself, you know? I literally just had to cut out like 20 seconds of recording because my dog started freaking out because the neighbor pulled into the driveway. Anyways, back to what I was saying. Um, 
another benefit of influencer culture is it creates a sense of community. We we all know like musicians, right? Like Lady Gaga has her monsters and Nikki has the barbs. And of course, my queen Ariana Grande has her Arianators. But it's really nice that these beauty influencers can create a sense of community al- amongst their followers and subscribers, whatever you want to call them. You know, I I was part of a Facebook group and it was full of a lot of Jeffree Star fans and followers. And it was really sweet because, right, we all had that common interest of makeup and beauty. And we were, it was a, it was a place where we could post pictures or videos of us doing, you know, makeup. And everybody was so nice and offered a lot of, you know, constructive criticism and gave you advice on how to be better at some things, you know, like eyeshadow blending or eyeliner, whatever the case may be. And it's, it's just so nice because you feel like you're a part of something because you all have this mutual interest, even if it's something online and it has to do with a person who you've never met before. Also, social media is, and I'm thinking of TikTok specifically, in this example, offers education. You know, social media influencers are so great if they are experts in their field. I follow a lot of dermatologists and life coaches and estheticians, you know, doctors, things like that. I follow a lot of those on TikTok, especially. And it's so funny. I've noticed this shift in the way that we use the internet. If we wanted to know something, we, you know, back in the day, we would always go to Google and we would Google something. Nowadays, it feels like anything. We all run straight to TikTok. I don't like how to tie a tie. You go to TikTok for that. How long do I boil eggs for? I like the list goes on, right? But I guess getting to the point, short, oh my gosh, sorry, I'm like stuttering here. Short form content is taking over. And I think it's a really weird shift of like, we used to take in long form content, you know, watching like 40 minute YouTube videos, we used to read entire articles on Google, whatever, trying to figure out what we wanted to, to know. But now we are getting information from like a 30, 60, 90 second TikTok. And in a way, I feel like it's making us a little bit lazy but it's also so like such an effective way to get information from people who know what the fuck they're talking about on the flip side of all of those benefits there are quite a few problems when it comes to influencer culture number one it creates unrealistic expectations and senses of reality It always looks like these influencers are living their best lives every day, right? They're traveling, they're going to these events, their makeup is always done. And when it's not done, their skin is always perfect. They they never have a bad hair day or bad skin day. And the reality is, is that's not every day for them. And I, I'm guilty of this as well. Influencers will batch their content on their good days. This is something I do myself. 
if I'm having a really good day where the skin's looking right, the makeup's looking right, hair, outfit, whatever, I'm going to take quite a lot of pictures or a lot of, you know, uh, snips of video to create reels. Especially when I travel, I do this all the time. Like when I was in New York, I batched so much content there. And it made it look like I had this, like every single day was an adventure or like every single day I had my shit together. And I can tell you that's could not be farther from the truth. For me, 100%, like I'm going to be honest with you, I am literally sitting on the couch right now with my pajamas, my bonnet, my glasses. Like I haven't even washed my face today because I've been working on this podcast episode all day. But it's not the reality. I think if you go look at my Instagram story right now, actually, I did post something kind of real. Um, but anyways, it's it, it's this whole like batching content and only producing content that makes it look like your life is perfect. It's so toxic and it just takes so much more effort to keep that facade up, right? To make it look like you have your shit together. But I mean, hey, if people you know, have the drive to do that, then good on them. I'm slowly trying to learn how to be more vulnerable on social media and show you the like real, the reality of my life. Piggybacking off of that, influencers often live in like these gorgeous aesthetic homes or apartments, and they live a lavish lifestyle that, you know, is all materialistic. And the sad thing is, is I feel like a lot of people who take in this kind of content are people like me in our 20s who are not established yet. You know, we're still getting there. And it, it just makes us feel like we aren't as successful because we don't have 12 Chanel bags or we're not driving a G-Wagon, things like that. It just fucks with you. It puts the seed in your, like plants the seed in your head that you are not doing well, even if you are doing really fucking well. Another problem with influencer culture and honestly just social media in general is there is such a lack of authenticity. Content is all so curated and usually backed with the intention to promote like a product or a service or just in any way be not be an expression of who they really are or like what they want to share at the individual level right it's it's an overshared point and i've kind of already talked about it but we only see the highlight reel of people's day week month whatever whatever it is we don't see them dealing with the difficult life issues and I'm not innocent of this either. I'm going to keep saying that. Like, I know what I'm talking about. I am not immune to or like innocent of. Whenever I'm struggling, I, I really don't turn to my Instagram page. But, you know, using this platform, this podcast, I'm the reason I love doing this so much is because I don't have to put that facade on, right? I don't have to, I don't feel like I have to get ready and like I have to look my best or whatever to do this because this is so rewarding to me just sitting here talking into a microphone with you all. But I do feel that pressure if I'm going to post something on Instagram, right? I need to look my best. I need 
to be thin. I need, I, it just, there's so much work that goes into it. And that side of my life, you look at my Instagram page, that is not reality. What you're listening to right now, this is the reality. This, again, this is why I'm doing this. On top of that, that curated content, content is created to be successful, not genuine, if that makes sense, right? It's successful in ways of where like if an influencer is promoting a product or a service, whatever, they want to reach as many people as they can. So they get that, right? Especially if it's their own business. But also in terms of success, like engagement is something that's really, really huge on Instagram. And a way that that really happens is these influencers are making their like Instagram page like aesthetic and, you know, like it just, it looks cohesive. And you look at this person's Instagram page and like, oh my God, they have a whole vibe, like the bio, the filters on their pictures, like it all flows, right? And we have this weird tendency to place someone's value based on how their Instagram page looks. Like I usually really like an influencer who has an aesthetic profile and their pictures are very like, like it's all like in sync. And it's so weird because those are all things just based on face value. And like, those are like design skills. But honestly, it's really smart marketing when you think about it. But it's toxic because it has this way to draw you in and think that somebody is better than they really are based on their ability to curate what we view as an aesthetic page. And then I think this is the last like negative part of influencer culture that I'm going to touch on, but I've noticed that it's super relevant lately, especially on like TikTok, is influencers giving out misinformation. I think that some influencers don't realize that they have this intense power to manipulate their audience. And it's really sad because you know, sometimes these influencers may not be doing it on purpose, but if they are, it's so sad because it re- it's a reflection of their character and how they lack integrity to be honest with people who are supporting them and they don't follow their own morals or values. Like, do y'all remember, I don't even know how long ago this was, but on TikTok when there was that whole like mascara scandal with Michaela Nagara. She was like, oh, this mascara is amazing. And she was wearing false lashes. Like, people were pissed. And I think they had a right to be pissed. Because this is somebody who is supposed to be trustworthy and giving out honest information. And you're going to lie like that? And another example is, you know, I always think of, like, um, shit, what am I trying to say? Uh, like, Jim workout influencers who you know they're like oh this is natural and i know nothing about workout culture i'm not even going to sit here and pretend like i do but one of my really good friends her and her husband are very into um you know bodybuilding and those kinds of things 
and we actually had this discussion is those people who are posting like that they're all natural and things like that most of them are on steroids or some other kind of supplements so it's just giving out this negative misinformation that's so harmful to people and it's so influential because there are so many followers who take that influencer's word as gospel and like nothing else could be could be wrong or could be right like yeah so like yeah the influencer is always right sorry i don't know why i like lost my mind right there Ooh, to piggy piggyback off of that i think it's a pretty important point that we bring up like the the ethical use of facetune and editing pictures i'm gonna admit right here right now to y'all i edit every single picture that i post i'm gonna i'm gonna be real with you all but i don't edit things in a way that I am so unrecognizable in person. I edit things, you know, like maybe, I don't know, maybe I have a zit. So I will like use retouch to cover that up. Or maybe my smile is just a little bit crooked because it, when you have lip fillers and your lips are fucking huge like mine, sometimes your smile looks a little bit fucked up. And like, that's just the reality of it. Like, I, eh, anyways. um. I will fully admit that I do that. But again, I don't do it to like be like, oh, this is going to be more relatable. Like, no, this is to make me feel better because I there's something I'm insecure about. And I think where we need like don't I do not think there's anything wrong with Facetune at all. If it makes you feel better, then that's great. But the problem is is when it becomes too much. So let's like break that down like when does it become too much and when does it become toxic? And I feel kind of going back to what I said, I feel like there's so many people who edit their pictures in a way that if you saw them on the street, you would not even recognize them because Facetune and all these different like editing apps have advanced so far. I could literally make myself blonde in two seconds on my phone if I wanted to. Do you know what I mean? And it would look good. It would look cohesive. It's fucking crazy the things that you can do on here. And I think a lot of what editing apps provide is more of a almost all like western beauty values. You know, smaller nose, wider eyes, almond-shaped eyes, things like that. And it's just, I don't know, it's so crazy to me because it's, most of it's based on right Western ideals of beauty, not any other culture. It's so fucking weird. And I really notice this like crazy use of editing pictures is with the gym and workout influencers. You know, they promote their products or, you know, their workouts. And I'm telling you right now, it is so easy to edit your picture in a way that it makes your butt look bigger or you can define your abs more. If you know what you're doing on these editing apps, you can literally do fucking anything. I'm not going to lie. I've made my way smaller. That was like six years ago. Would I do that again? Honestly, probably not. 
Um, but you can edit the way that your body looks, not even just your face. And I think that's when it becomes too much is for the everyday person, go ahead. But if you are using your platform to be like, oh my God, this teeth whitening kit made my teeth a million times white, whiter, but you're using an editing app to make your teeth literally fucking glistening white, then that's where it gets toxic and it gets misleading because that's not real. It's not reality. It's not attainable. It's just fucked up. Okay, moving on from like influencer culture. Um, I think that it's really hard for some of us to find a way to separate the online virtual world versus the real world. You know, like social media's entire mission or goal is to be a form of communication. You know, back way back when Facebook was a way for us to stay connected with our family and our peers. And, you know, we got to catch up and keep family and friends updated on what was going on in our lives. Like, do you remember on Facebook, you'd literally post like, I'm watching this movie and I'm drinking a Coke Zero. And we did that all the time. It was like Twitter, essentially. But Facebook has evolved so much that since then. I don't, it's weird. And I think of Tumblr. If you had a Tumblr, I'm so sorry you are entitled to free therapy. <laughs> um, but Tumblr was a great place, at least in my mind when I was 13, 14, whatever it was. Um, you know, it, it allowed us to, to really dive into a community and engage with like-minded people. And where it got toxic for me was, you know, my Tumblr, I think like, oh, this is even hard to kind of say. Um, my Tumblr really was, it kind of made like self-harm and eating disorders kind of an aesthetic. Like it was like depression times a thousand, but that's how I was feeling. And for other people to like reblog my stuff and like share it, you know, because they were feeling the same way in some weird fucked up way. It made me feel like there was that community and there was for what I was going through. Right. We were all going through it where we were like, fuck, I literally feel like I'm so ugly and I'm so fat and I'm so worthless and I would be better off if I was dead. And it made it made me feel like I wasn't alone. So that was as negative and as toxic as the content was, like in hindsight. Um, it was a great way to communicate with people who are like-minded and it made me feel like I was a part of something bigger than myself. Another challenge in like this mental separation of the online world versus the real world is that we scroll for hours and hours taking in all this information of like what we perceive what other people's lives are really like and it almost makes us engage with people and engage in conversation that we normally wouldn't have in real life you know sometimes we have our online friends and they're people who we never have even met in person. And 
they're so supportive and, you know, you can talk to them, whatever. But without access to the internet, we wouldn't communicate with that person. And I also think it's so funny because living in Cheyenne, you know, especially a few years ago, I was friend acquaintances, I guess, with quite a few people around. Like one person I can think of is my hair girl, Michelle. Like I love Michelle. Hey girl. Um, but we only interacted online. We never met in person until what Jan well, I guess we kind of met, but we never really hung out or talked until she started doing my hair. So January of last year. And now I consider her a really good friend. I love her. Um but it's funny because we would always interact with each other on Instagram and we had never even met before. So it's just weird because, you know, my cousin, uh, she knew Michelle forever ago. And I think she saw that we were like commenting on each other's stuff. She's like, oh, how do you know her? And it's kind of like uh, Instagram, you know, it's just it's so weird. It's so funny to think of. Um, and it's easier to be friendly online than it is to be friendlier in person, which kind of takes away like some important social skills I think that we need as humans. It's so, it's so fucking weird. Okay. And then this might be controversial, but social media is not designed or meant for deeper, meaningful life portrayals. and. You know, when you see a picture or a reel of someone on Instagram, it's only a moment of that person's life. And without knowing anything about that person, it only offers superficial information. What I mean by that is, right, you see a picture. What are you looking at? You're looking at the way the person looks. You're looking at the outfit. You're looking at the background. You're looking at the accessories, whatever it may be. And you're picking it apart. You, you aren't thinking about, oh, that person is having a wonderful time or that person, you know, is an amazing business owner. Like, no, you are looking at these pictures at a very superficial level. And again, like, I think it's kind of like where I go back to this podcast. Like, if you look at my Instagram, like, here, let's let's take a quick little fucking look at it right now. So if you look at my Instagram, based on superficial values, okay, this bitch wears a lot of makeup. Uh, let's see what else. She likes the color pink. She likes to show her body. Um, I, yeah, she, like, superficial shit. That's what you see, right? Oh, she smiles all the time. She does. She wears that fucking pink sparkly dress a lot. Anyways, so when you look at my Instagram, that's what you see. But when you come to a different platform like this podcast, this is where you're getting the deeper emotional value out of any content that I could produce. And that's why I think that I really enjoy watching like vloggers or listening to podcasts. Because it makes me feel like more connected in this weird way. You know, I, I, I don't even know. Does that make sense? I really hope it does. Overall, I think that social media is something that is never going to go away. 
We're never going to get rid of it, especially since we are so, like, human culture, I feel like, is so ingrained. Or, I guess, flip that. Social media is so ingrained into human culture that it's it's not going anywhere. And the only way we can fix these issues that I talked about is by being more aware of what we post and the type of content that we bring in and the value that we put on it. It's easier said than done. And it's something I don't think is ever honestly going to change on a huge macro level. But I think by all of us being more aware of these things, we can help social media be more of a fun place again. You know, so I guess some advice I have on how to achieve more peace with social media is do not follow or watch any influencers who don't inspire you in a positive way. Like you should not be comparing your life to someone else's. And if you're going to take anything away from an influencer's social media, it it should be inspiration to work harder to create your dream life, not live someone else's dream life. If that makes sense. Do not take someone's social media posts and use those as an immediate way to judge them. Like, honestly, before you make judgments about anyone, get to know them on a personal level. And I think what's great about social media is you can utilize it, right? And connect with them in a genuine way. You could, if it's somebody who lives in your city, you could be like, hey, like, let's get coffee. You know, you seem really cool. If it's, I don't know, like a, a, an esthetician in your city, be like, hey, I would love to know more about your services. Can you talk, you know, can we meet up or do you want to talk about them? FaceTime, whatever. Like get to know people on a more personal and real level before you pass any judgment. And I guess understand that social media is used for us to have a broader sense of community and be able to connect with people who we don't see on a regular basis. Yeah. I think that's where I'm going to stop this little spiel on um on social media. <laughs> Thank you all so much for being here. I appreciate it so much. This episode was actually really fun to plan for. And I was thinking about making a reel, but I just did not have the time. Um but I hope y'all know like creating a podcast episode is a lot. Um, it's a lot of research. It's a lot of like finding inspiration. Of course, the outline always takes a hot minute, keeps me on track. Um, and this one specifically, it's hard because I, I did not at all want to like find some research article with statistics on, you know, oh, social media usage and whatever, blah, blah, blah. No, I wanted to hear people's opinions on social media. So I talked to a lot of my friends, you know, um, I listened to other podcasts kind of relating to this topic. I listened to some YouTube videos. Um, I just, it, it took a lot. Um, so I hope you guys know that like making an episode is not just like me sitting down with the microphone and being like, okay, I'm just going to talk. 
like, no, that's not it at all. But this one was really fun to make. It did not feel like work at all. And honestly, most episodes don't. I think the the one that took the the most out of me was the forgiveness one. But this one was super fun. Anyways, again, thank you for listening. Thank you for being loyal to me. I love you all so much more than you know. Please, please, please go follow my personal Instagram if you don't already. It's at Santi X Murillo, S-A-N-T-I-X-M-U-R-I-L-L-O. How funny is it? I was just talking about social media and whatever. Um, I'm losing followers. And I would really rather not because I like to share, you know, that I do this podcast and I like to share meaningful things to people. Um, So if you could share the podcast, share my Instagram, I would appreciate that so fucking much. Um, Did I cuss a lot in this episode? I don't know. (laughs) Anyways, again, thanks. I will talk to you all next Monday.